It's the Tim Cornwall Show with Joe Santorsa. Bringing you news from the front lines of the battle to restore the soul of America. And now, here's your host, Tim Cornwall. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 685 of the Tim Cornwall Show for Sunday, February 12th, 2023. And I'm joined on the show once again by my co-host, co-producer, and resident Photoshop expert, the one, the only Joe, at Marnus3. How are you, Joe? I'm doing fine, Tim. Glad to be here. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, yuck. <laughs> uh, also joining I'm going to go shopping about that time. I oh, think. Hey, that's a great thing to do. Everyone's going to be going to be watching the game and there'll be no yeah. nothing. In I watch Puppy Bowl. <laughs> oh, right. I, I can park at Trader Joe's without trouble. Oh, yeah. So minus three at MSTDN.party and Kathy from the left coast. Yeah. Kathy Larkin. How are you, Kathy? <laughs> oh, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's good, huh? <laughs> Me and my kitty are here. My 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 little uh blue Russian uh kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> She's in and out of my lap while I'm speaking, so Yeah, but be careful about having Russians in your lap. <laughs> Well, this this Russian, you know, she loves me. She's a she's a good girl. She doesn't talk. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Only to me. She she's not a uh, she doesn't like other people, so it's okay. Well, there you go. And you're <laughs> Kathy Larkin at sfba.social on the Mastodon. Yeah. Where else can we and find Facebook you? And Facebook at Let's Remember to Never Forget. And I still have a Twitter account, and I'm trying to think of something as as nasty as Joe came up with to put on there. So they'll throw me out. <laughs> there you go. And well, if you want me to write it for you, I can. And joining us. Well, I got to find the right thing. I, you know, something really has to rub me the wrong way. And joining us again from New York city after many, many years, Watergate summer, Allie McNeil. How are you, Allie? I'm just fine. Yeah. I haven't been here since March of 2020. It's That's been that a long, long. Wow. Time. Wow. I knew it had been a long time. I hadn't heard you in a long time. Yeah, Yeah, well, I know you. I've been listening off and on, so I just want to let you know. I've still been listening. I just haven't. um, I I haven't been as socially active as probably I should be. So, well, hello. None of us have been since COVID. (laughs) That's a good point. That probably doesn't even need saying. Sorry. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. But you got you got COVID early. In the I did. I got it the week after I was on your show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really bad, and there was nowhere to go, and that's another whole long story for another day, but I got through it. Um, don't recommend it. Um, that was the days when there was no meds. No, There weren't even any swabs to test, um, mm-hmm. so it was a mess. So Yeah, that was because I, I know we went – I went to 100% telework. It was the middle of March, so it, you must have been the following weekend, I bet. I was on your show, I think, on the 20th or 22nd or somewhere in there, and then the following weekend is when right. I got sick. And I I, came, I literally came home on a Friday night. I had been taking care of COVID all week. Um, I, I did wear a garbage bag very responsibly, um, ran out of masks, um, gave out a lot of masks to train and NYPD, you name it. I, I was giving out masks like crazy, not thinking I might run out, which was a big mistake. But um, And I took care of COVID patients that whole week. And, and, right, because we should let the listeners then, know that you're a nurse. Oh, I'm a nurse. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm a <laughs> really old nurse. <laughs> um, um, I would say I'm a little um, tainted at this point. Jaded. Jaded. That's the word. Um, 
anyway, um, and I've lived through, I mean, I, I, I'd always, when this epidemic was coming or pandemic was coming, I thought, well, I made it through the AIDS epidemic in the 80s and early 90s. I can figure this out. I can navigate this. Yeah, little did you know how contagious. Yeah, well, no, I spent that whole um, winter stocking up on really weird things like uh, scuba equipment, eye goggles, shower curtains, trash bags, and uh, <laughs> people laughed at me, and then then they weren't laughing anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah. So uh, I, I was really shocked when I did get sick, because I, I literally, I came home on a Friday night, and um, I was walking up my stairs, and usually walking up my stairs on Friday nights, especially, I smell everything. I smell borscht cooking on the third floor, the second floor is curry, and that's always like, that's how I end my week. That's like great, you know. And I came up the stairs and I didn't smell any of those things. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, literally by the time I got to the fourth floor, I, I knew. And I was like hoping I was wrong, you know. <laughs> so but anyway, long story. Um, I'm fine. I, I, I did do all the vaccines and everything. I did get a second time last February this time. And, that, so, and they weren't sure if it was uh, um, Omicron or Delta. So I don't know. I, I'm just going with the flow at this point. I've changed jobs a bunch of times. Um, I, I stopped working in nursing homes the first year. Never did that again. Um, sorry, sorry. No problem. So now I um, I work in a hospital, and I um, but the past two and a half years I worked on the street uh, with homeless, and then also at shelters, trying wow. to make sure they got vaccinated, got care. Um, and New York City shelters have been hit pretty hard with COVID. Um, oh, I'm sure. Monkey, monkey pox oh, yeah. too. Oh, um, yeah, monkeypox, yeah. And the street job was mostly um, the first year was pretty important to try to get homeless people <laughs> off the streets and into shelters or um, hotels, which sounds really good. But for someone who's been living on the street for years, they don't want either one. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of persuasion uh, going on there. And, um, and then, unfortunately, by the time I got to most people, they were pretty sick. I had to get into hospitals. So, um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Um, I've had no real life. <laughs> Um, social life or anything. Um, just been kind of doing that. I, I live in New York City. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm in, um, I live in New York City with my son. We live in this teeny, teeny little apartment, which we fondly call the shoebox. And we have two um, very well-loved cats. So um, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Um, I am exploring the other social medias. I have signed up with Post. Um, is it Spoutable? Spoutable. Spoutable. Yeah. Um, and Mastodon, and I'm on, I'm Watergate, so I'm in all three places. So yeah, um, if are, you want to find me, I, you can find me. I, I, I confess I'm, I'm kind of blundering along, so I haven't really um, – Not do, you, do we say tweeted? What do we say? I haven't posted. It's called – well, on Mastodon, it's called toot. Is <laughs> toot? Things mixed up. Yeah. yeah, I think it is toot. There's spout, and I can't remember what the third one is. Spout oh, off. Yeah. yeah. A retweet so, – a retweet is called a boost on Mastodon, okay. and a and a and a, oh. po- and a tweet is called a toot on Mastodon. Okay, I, I need a whole class on that. <laughs> but you really are really nice sure. to talk to you, so and nice to um, hear you all again. And um, I do listen off and on. It's just nice to hear your voices. So, and you are Watergate. Yeah, Summer. I bet you are Watergate. I, I, I get that. You know, I live by myself. Like I said, I live with me and my kitty. Yeah, and that's it. You know, I. I have some friends and I have started socializing with them again because they're in the same boat as me. Yeah. So, but we didn't even have contact with each other for almost two years, except for, you know, digital right. contact. 
Well, I think nurses, it's a little different because like if you work in an environment where you're exposed to COVID every day, then you're worried about taking it somewhere else or taking yeah. it home. Um, so I haven't seen any friends. I haven't even seen my nurse friends. And we all text each other. And sometimes we meet at train stations and like exchange, you know, I'll, I'll bring someone a bag of masks. They bring me better gloves. Um, I mean, we've been doing that for a long, long time, but it's not really, it's not, it's not like real contact. It's like a hit and run, you know, just like hand off and then run the other way. Um, so, um, and even in my building, people have taken masks off now, but I'm not there yet. No, I'm not there either. (laughs) You know, I, you know, my, my daughter-in-law has stage four lung cancer. She's had brain surgery because she had a, a tumor up there. Plus, um. Uh, she's had radiation twice in several places uh, because of, you know, spread. They're trying to control it. But she's she's doing okay. You know, she's managing. But I'm going to keep wearing a mask as long as I have to. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I worked in the, in the medical field as well. I haven't yeah. done it for a long time. But still, I was exposed to tuberculosis. I was exposed to, you know, a lot of um, other bad stuff. And I tested positive for TB. So I, you know, I know how easy it is to transmit stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I think people don't understand that a lot of the people that are still wearing masks are actually trying to protect other people. That's right. That's right. It's just so frustrating. Like the super came to fix something in my bathroom and we had this long discussion. He's like, you can take your mask off. It's really okay. I'm like, no, it's really not. No, thank you. I said, because I could turn up positive tomorrow from work. And then I would have to go back in my head and remember everybody that I possibly exposed. And I would feel very bad about that, you know, exactly. especially people that are taking care of sick family members. I said, I, it, it, I, the first year here, by the way, I did do tacking, tracking and tracing. So um, I take that part of it really seriously and how it can just balloon so quickly. Um, yes. But I think don't understand tracking and tracing. Um, people don't understand like wastewater testing and I only know about wastewater testing because they've been testing across my street since the beginning. Um, yeah, they've been testing here in San Jose as well. So I think, I think there's just a lot of it that unfortunately wasn't explained early on. The science part of it wasn't explained well enough. And so because of that, that kind of ignorance is bliss thing is still pervading the environment. That's my theory. Thanks to right wing media. There you go. Yeah, well, and the other thing is, is I mean, not only do I do do I wear, I still wear an N95 mask with a three ply paper surgical mask on top of it, because the thing is, is that if someone coughs on me, I can throw away the paper mask, exactly, and it protects my my expensive N95 mask, which you know those are like two bucks a pop. I can wear one, I can get a month's worth of use out of it because I only wear it when I go shopping. And right, I just put right. the blue paper mask on top of it and then throw it away when I'm done. And the blue paper masks are like 10 cents or whatever. Right. You know? I mean, I have a whole, I mean, everybody has a whole system at this point. I have a system of wearing double masks and a, a filter because I have to have a system on the train. And that's been the thing all along. And especially when I was working the streets, I was taking a lot of trains every day. So I had to have a different system right. on the trains. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was going in and out of hospitals with people. And so... Um, but everybody's kind of developed their own system, and you have to it's a survival thing. But um, and now we know they're probably not cleaning the trains anymore. So I kind of um, went back into overdrive on that because, and everybody who's on the train is now coughing, sniffling, God knows what. Right. So, and I count masks every day on the train. I I, I might have a slight obsession, but um, so but oh. and, and but but an interesting phenomenon has occurred when I get on the train, even if it's packed. 
and I have my whole double mask system on. I mean, I really am maxed to the gills and I have my glasses on. Um, people stay away from me. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Opposite effect, which I'm probably happy about. And they give me dirty looks. And I don't even care. Right. Okay, you okay, <laughs> contaminated. Fine. That's that works for me. You stay over your five feet or nine feet or whatever, and I'll stay over here as much. I mean, it's really, it really doesn't work all the time, obviously, when the train is really packed. But it just kind of cracks me up the, the amount of dirty looks and stuff. I get it's like, oh, you're kidding me. So um, anyway, it's it's just what it is. And um, sadly, I think it's going to be this way for a while. I, I I don't I don't see any way out because if you only have if you have a small minority that's masking and then the larger minority is or majority is not that's going to really screw up the timetable so yeah yeah uh, but thank you all for asking very grateful yeah, well thank you it's so good to see you Allie. well thank you we're glad to have you back and you are watergate summer at med-mastodon.com on the mastodon Correct. and sue in rockville how are i'm you? here hello how are you we're one day closer to spring, so and it's not snowing, so I'm a okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and and I am active socially. Unfortunately, it's with a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so <laughs> they are more mature than the Republicans in Congress, though I should oh, say. Oh, I, I would I would imagine so. They are much more competent, and when they say things, you know, and you can you can actually. Um, have a discussion with them when they don't all fall apart, where you ask them to do something and they go, okay, and you actually get cooperation. They're even cooperating with each other on rare occasions. So <laughs> I have hope for the younger generation. I have absolutely no hope for today's Republican Party. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's a endangered species, <laughs> and I hope it's endangered quickly. Yeah. <laughs> May it go extinct. And actually, the trend lines, all the demographics show that. Um, and their answer to the demographics that show that younger, gener you know, Gen Z and all the upcoming generations are far more progressive is to try to raise the voting age because they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Right. Um, and, and the younger generation, we, as those of us who have been blue and Democrats have to understand is the younger generation are not Democrats. They are progressives exactly. and the Democrats better take hold of all of our alpha liberal progressive policies and run with them because they do not want, if you're a conservative, they're not going to vote for you no matter who you are. Mm -hmm. And I go, yay. <laughs> yep. So we're hanging in there. And um, yeah, go ahead. That's it for the moment. You are at Sue in Rockville at mstdn.social. I'm at Sue in Rockville at Mastodon, at Spot, uh, Spoutable, at Post, and on Instagram. I'm also at Bren Books on Instagram. Our business, Bren Books, is celebrating its 20th year with a 20% sale all month long at abooks and at biblio.com. So please go take a look at what we have because people are buying a lot of books because they can get such a good deal. It's hard to believe we're 20 years in. And only on Twitter where I do wait because I'm watching for the implosion of schmuck, uh, Elon Schmuck, is I'm at 841-290-MIMA6. <laughs> yes. But everything Whoa. else is Sue in Rockville. Well, there went Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I saw, I saw that apparently Twitter had some trouble this week. Yeah. They tried to expand the tweets to, what, 2,000 characters or something like that from 256? Yeah. And they ended up knocking out the whole... 
Twitter. <laughs> A whole bunch of people got laid off, too. Oh, man. Yeah, they, they got something where you had, there was something like you could only tweet so much, and then they were, and then people were in pop. It was so confusing. And when I see that, I'm just like, so long for a couple hours. I'll come back in about four hours and see if you got yourselves fixed. <laughs> and sure enough, by then they did. And now that we have so many other options, and I do, I you know, I'm new to Spoutable. I'm just trying to navigate that. But I love Mastodon and Post. I think they're doing, um, they're both really good sites. And Instagram is what it is. And it, we, I need it for the politics, but I especially our books. Peter has become really, uh, Tim, I saw you were the last person to like our last post. So you see, he puts the music together, the videos together. And, you know, we're proud of the books we carry. So you yeah. want to sign book, come find us. Well, I'll tell you this much. Once you get used to Mastodon and you go back to like Instagram or Facebook and every other post is an advertisement. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you're like, well, Mastodon's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, it, it's really funny having worked with young children and being in early childhood for so many decades. I literally do not see or hear anything I choose not to. I, I, if you asked me for a Twitter ad, what ad did you just see on Twitter? I see way more on Instagram than I do on that, but I just, I don't remember. I don't remember because I just don't see. I know the noises I need to hear to be alert and on things I need to see that are important and everything else. I'm deaf, dumb, and blind girl. I'm like, uh, what? Yeah, and 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 they do. They tailor those ads right at you. You look at something and the next thing you know. Oh, for sure. And even like on Insta, if I see something that I'm curious about, I don't do it through there. I always go get off, and then I go to the direct website, and then I read the reviews from that. Web, you know, of how if you buy from that website, and ninety percent of the time it's crap. So it's like, oh well, that was interesting. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I will tell you, I did get one thing that I saw advertised on there, and it's called a Wush, W U S H, I think, and it's actually really good. And what is it? it's a it's a thing for cleaning out your 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 ear canal and it, sh oh. it shoots like it shoots warm water into your ear canal Ooh. while you're in the shower and cleans everything out it's really nice oh. i like it <laughs> w actually my son has a real problem so w u s whoosh whoosh yeah <laughs> as long as you don't impact your uh your uh ear canal with earwax yeah because well, pressurized water well it's just a very light it's not it's not a real strong it has like uh -huh. the little tip has like three water jets on it, so uh -huh. it just it just it just flushes flushes down like the whole ear canal, and it and it and it has a little water tank you fill up on the back, so you just put um, body temperature water, not too hot, not too cold, and in the shower you can just wash it out. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you test it on your wrist like a baby bottle. <laughs> so I have a question, guys. Um, would my son be offended if I get this for his birthday? I hope not. <laughs> he really oh. suffers. He has to have his ears cleaned out. It's a couple times for some reason his body. I mean, we went on our a family trip. Boom, his ears shut down. I mean, it is a chronic problem for him. Do you think he'll oh, be offended, awful. or will he be say, "Oh my God, my mother's a genius"? Yes, I think he would say, "Your mother's a genius." <laughs> yeah. I would actually say that out loud, but you know, a, a girl can hope. <laughs> Thank you. That is actually, that may be the very best thing. Yeah, that's, I think it's the only thing I actually bought that I saw advertised on social media. <laughs> Thank, but yeah, but it's a great idea. I'm, I'm, 
Okay. Anyway, you didn't get a neti pot. (laughs) Get a neti pot. I, you know, I could not no more stand putting water into my nasal canal than I can being stuck underwater drowning. Right. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry for the digression there, but (laughs) and uh, no, we are not getting any royalties from Whoosh. No. But uh, Joe. Send you a spare one. You never know. Yeah. Joe yeah. at Marnus3 at, at mstdn.party. How are you, Joe? Uh, well, I'm not doing whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I never will. Because no, the only time anything goes in my ear is when the doctor does it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but no, I, I uh, Oop, you uh, cut out none of that nasal stuff, too. Well, I, I always think that the last of my brains is going to come out of my other nose. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not doing that. As you irrigate one, it comes out the Right. Same right. thing could happen with ear. And what if your <laughs> blood-brain barrier breaks and all that goes into your brain and your skull fills up with water? I have enough problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a little Skype problem here, too. You can anyway. a little bit, but... Uh, but anyway, Joe, so I said we were getting a little cut out, but now everything seems to be back. So oh, okay. I love Skype. But anyway, so Joe, tell people where they can check you out and what's been going on. Oh, actually, you I didn't check. ask you what's going on up Scranton Way. Anything? N- nothing goes on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. I mean, <laughs> Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Woo-hoo. And uh, the office, you know, the, yeah. the uh, sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe Biden was actually over here. He was in in uh, Capitola and Santa Cruz. Yeah, he's all over. Right after. Yeah, he came here right after we had all the, the storms. I tell you what, I get was sick nice. of it. I get sick of all these late night comedy people doing old jokes. I, I'm, I'm sick, sick of, of it, it too. Well, that's you know, he the, may be old, but he got there by learning well, uh, something you know what? in his I, life. I. Way back when he announced he was going to run the first time, I said, no, shouldn't run, bad idea. Well, like all the pundits, I was wrong, they were wrong. Everybody underestimates this guy, but the guy keeps winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, unlike a certain other guy I know that told us we'll get tired of winning and he's getting tired of losing. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, if you have a reality check, Back here, this guy's done. He's appointed more judges. He's developed more jobs. He's tackled inflation. He's he passed bills that help people. Actually, yeah, help he, people. He's tackled balloons that come flying in over our territory. Yeah, and he even helps helps Canada tackle those balloons. That's right. right. That's right. So I mean, really, stop underestimating guy, this guy. He's, and he's everybody's doing saying, something oh, right. Deb, I, Every time I read a headline, Democrats, uh, 90% of Democrats don't want him to run. 80% of Democrats. Who? Probably 80% of those Democrats are probably fucking Republicans. Right. Exactly. exactly. Don't believe any of that. What's, They're reading what, the polls. Joe, Joe, what's the first and most important rule about polls? Don't believe them. All polls are bullshit. Right. All bullshit. I don't even know why they still do them because they're always wrong. Every pundit was wrong. The the red wave, the red wave, the tsunami, the hurricane, the tornado. It what did it turn out to be? You know, a faucet running into a brick wall. A faucet drip. It was a little faucet drip. Yeah. Well, and (laughs) the plumber 
And Joe, if I hear Andrea Mitchell one more time complaining about oh. how Joe Biden's too old to run. <laughs> she ought to look at herself in the mirror. Right. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, all the mirrors in her house are broken. Right. <laughs> yes. Are there, are, are, are they telling her the wrong thing when she asks I think who's the fairest of them all? I think they She's only five years older than me, and she looks. Easily fifteen years older than me. Oh, because oh. she's skinny. Well, I think she also need to have what I have layers of protection. Well, I think also I mean, they pulled I've her got layers. I think they pulled her last facelift too tight. <laughs> 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 ultimately, yeah, Joe Biden's going to run. Ultimately, Joe Biden's going to run again, and ultimately, he's going to win again. And, and ev- from now until election day, you're going to hear how. Joe Biden's in trouble. Joe Biden's in trouble. Joe Biden's in trouble. Joe Biden's in trouble. And then I don't know. Sometime on election day, it says uh, Joe Biden wins in a landslide. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Well, and you I know, like and and all this hand wringing about who who the Republican nominee is going to be. I can tell you right now, it's going to be Donald Trump. <laughs> and I don't think yeah. there's going to be any way any way they can stop him unless he's in, in a prison cell. And even still, that probably right. wouldn't that stop ass- him. Be in a prison that cell. asshole down in Florida thinks that he's going to go nationwide with that crap. It's not going to sell. Right. I'm sorry. Oh, he's, he's not, he's he's not going to sell that crap. Yeah, he's oh, not yeah. going to sell that crap nationwide. That's not that. And you know what? He's no Trump. I have to give Trump no, at least not. this much credit. Okay. He is probably the greatest con man ever to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah. He screwed more people. He conned the country into making him the chief executive. I know exactly. I mean, that's Joe, like, yes, and I have to go yes on no in that because I always you always have to qualify it. He was installed. He was not elected. He lost the popular vote. He, he was did. installed by Russia and the puppets that Putin purchased. I was going to say that six times. The G. Remember, I keep telling people, and every day this stuff comes out more and more, and we now know it from the FBI agent who's a Russian spy. Work right. for Russia too. Okay, every day. Remember, the RNC was hacked exactly the same time as the DNC, and right. all the dirt that the Russians have, they are still holding on to to keep control. The NRA money laundered over four hundred million dollars and put it right into the coffers of Trump and the GOP. They sold us out. No one ever did a deep investigation into why seven U.S. senators and one one Republican congresswoman were summoned to Russia deliberately on July 4th of 2018 to meet with Moscow. Why? And we're asking Steve Daines timed it. And because he's in Montana, I think he's in Montana, um, he got home in time to post a picture of himself at a July 4th parade trying to avoid the fact that we know they are owned lock, stock, and smoking barrel by Russia. Mm -hmm. And so every time, yes, he is the greatest con man who's ever lived. But the reason the con worked is that Russia invested heavily in everything Trump, the oligarchs, and, you know, you pay your tithe to Putin where you fall out a window. And all of them managed to buy, you know, people forget Maria Butina. She helped buy the right-wing evangelical crowd. Uh, Mike Pence was meeting with the Russian Orthodox Church leaders in 2016. 
No one wants to pay attention to the fact that Paul Manafort picked Pence to be the vice president and Trump was the only thing Trump compromised on. I mean, literally, I could take over the show and I'm not going to. But every time someone says, you know, Trump won, I have to say, no, he didn't because he didn't win. And even Jimmy Carter said an honest and thorough investigation would show that Trump never won in 2016. And we should have fought harder. We should have fought more bitterly. But everyone was stacked against us. And, you know, Malcolm Nance now, he apparently gobsmacked uh, Bill Maher just Friday night. Mm. Yes. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I saw the hits and misses of it. They probably took out the best parts. (laughs) I didn't see it. But a friend of mine who's very political had no idea who Malcolm was. And, of course, all of us who are step heads and who've been following Malcolm for years since he did the plot to hack America. I mean, he wrote a freaking book. Right. He was exactly. up red balloons, red balloons, warning. Malcolm's warning. been right every time. Every, every time, yep. single time. And, you know, we're, honestly, until we have a full accounting of how everyone was compromised, just mm-hmm. like they're all compromised now with the insurrection, they're well, all played a part in it. And None the other of them thing. are innocent. And the other thing we just found out now is that, you know, is that when James Comey came out and admit and, you know, a few days before the election announced this investigation into this laptop, you know, from uh, from uh, whatever. What, what was what was the congressman's name that got that? Oh, I forget his name. Jay, so what happened was there are two things that happened simultaneously. And it's really important. Anthony that Weiner, people understand this was a, a plot. And in the new, so the retired FBI agents association has a retirement fund that was then being managed in New York by Rudy Giuliani's law firm. And oh, Rudy God. Giuliani and the ex head of the FBI office, Jim Calstrone, worked together because the FBI New York City New York office was infamous for hating Hillary and the Clintons deeper than hate is possible. Right, and they were determined to bring him her down. And they got a copy of the Comey letter and leaked it at the same time former Congressman Jason Chaffetz, who was head of one of the committees, removed the classified markings from Comey's letter. He was, I don't excuse him, but he was forced to release it because they were both releasing it. Chaffetz released it at the same, a day after Rudy Giuliani. And anyone who paid attention remembers that a day before that, he says, we might still have some surprises ahead. Yeah, but the thing that... Hillary was ahead. But the point that I was making, though, is now it turns out McGonagall, who was running the office in New York, the yes. FBI office, was on the payroll of a Russian oligarch. Right. Who, and <laughs> yeah. gave Kallstrom and Giuliani the information they needed. Kallstrom... The late Wayne Barrett, anyone who uh, really wants to understand what the FBI office was, or Giuliani, Wayne Barrett, who worked for um, the Village Voice for like 20 years, was a great investigative reporter who worked his ass off to expose what a phony Giuliani was, especially after 9-11, expose the Russian connections between the FBI and Giuliani. And then he went and died because he was an elderly guy. You know, he was in his late 70s. Um, this stuff is documented if people will only look at it. And what I always say to people, because I'm so, is look at me. I'm a, I'm a, you know, senior, senior, I'm a Jewish grandma, a senior living in the suburbs. And if I freaking know all this stuff, 
Why is there no one in the media, not one investigative reporter out there exposing what we, we keep putting out there? Why isn't Mal- Malcolm Nance on every goddamn show possible? Right. Is he on any of the Sunday shows talking about McGonagall today? Nope. No, he's yeah. on Bill Maher. You, you know, know, and another one that we don't hear from as often is Rachel Maddow. Mm-hmm. Rachel's got some awesome stuff. Yes, she does. Yes, well, she does. You know, I just wonder what she's doing these days. Is she on to something else? I bet she is. She's making a movie of uh, of um, her podcast. Uh, ult- yeah, Ultra. Ultra. Yeah, they're making a movie. Yeah, that's good. And I think they're that also making them to go out there. I think they're also making a movie about Bagman. Her other series. They already, yeah. That's done, I think. Yeah, so. Her part in that is done. She And those are it. important because she, she is exposing the fascism. I mean, we have had fascist movements in this country. And Ultra yep. really, I don't think any of us, I mean, most of the stuff she, I didn't know any of that. How many of you knew? No. I mean, we knew Lindbergh. We knew America first. But did you know what was going on in Congress? Yeah, no. exactly. I know. Well, that's the thing. They erased it from the, from the history books mm-hmm. on, on purpose. It was awesome. I I started listening to it from day one and kept saying you gotta you gotta listen to this. Just one sit down with that that listening to it. I I said this is going to be something. Yes. Well, we kind of got distracted there. So Joe, tell people where they can check you out. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Mastodon, Facebook, WordPress, and Friday nights on It Came from Cleveland. There you go. RadioforHumans.com, and mm-hmm. uh, I was at uh, t- Tim Cornwell at Mastodon.lol, uh, but apparently I found out yesterday that the the guy who administers that server um, got into a fight with some people and decided he that was like the straw that broke the camel's back, and he decided he's not doing it anymore, so he's shutting the server down and gave everyone ninety days to move their account. So I moved my account to Mastodon.social. So I am now at Tim Cornwall at Mastodon.social, which, by the way, was very easy to do, uh, to move your account to a different server. But I don't uh, even understand what that means in terms of service and who operates a server, but that's okay, <laughs> as long as we have you. The servers are operated by volunteers. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yes. And so he just yeah, decided... That's why there's no ads. Yep. That's why it's open source. Oh. And there's no corporate. There's no corporations behind Mastodon. It's, it's truly a community operation. But... Oh. Uh, but anyway, so uh, with that, Tim Cormel at Mastodon.social and uh, also on the Facebook and uh, no longer on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, uh, let's see. Let's do. Uh, I think it's time to do the uh, follow me theme. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Pinterest. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on MySpace. What the hell is MySpace? Follow me on Musical.ly. Follow me on Reddit. Follow me on the sidewalk. Follow me on the road. Follow me on WhatsApp. Follow me on Daily Motion. Follow, 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 follow. And we'll start with Allie, since it's been so long since you've been with us. Who is your social media friend of the week? It's Lassie, or Gotta Laugh, and she's on, I think that's her handle, on um, Mastodon, right? Yeah, she's she's, um, at Gotta Laugh at Mastodon.social. She's on the same server I'm on now. Oh, okay, okay. I just want to make sure I didn't do that wrong. Um, I think she's still on Twitter, too, but um, but basically... Not so but often, I, yeah. yeah. But I followed her. I think I followed her for like I don't know, thirteen or fourteen years. A long oh, time. Oh yeah, a long time. So yeah, still, yeah, a long time since way back when, uh, maybe longer actually. Anyway, um, but she's still wonderful. So that's who my friend. She's been working hard at this stuff for many years, 
In fact, yeah, she has. When she used to do the um, blunt videos when she was running the political carnival blog. Mm-hmm. Right, I remember that. Joe and I used to do some chip, some clips for her. Oh, I didn't mm. know. Did I? Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, Joe, I remember there was one where you had a paper bag over your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. What was that one? That was the uh, the unknown something or other. <laughs> Right. All right. I got a laugh on Mastodon. All these links will be in the show notes. And let's go to Kathy. Uh, well, I just chose somebody. I, I saw this on Twitter and thought, well, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's at Lindy Lee. And uh, she said that Republicans want to murder Dr. Fauci because he asked them to get vaccinated. They want Senator John Fetterman to die because he disagrees with him politically. They pray for President Biden's death because he's a Democrat. Welcome to the party of Christian values, y'all. There you go. Right? <laughs> uh, pretty much is it. I mean, I I don't really follow anything these these days anymore. It seems like everything is, it's all mished together. But, you know, eventually get straightened out. I think my life is so mishmashy right now that, that that's why everything's mishmashy. So uh, it'll get straightened out in a month or so. Yeah. All right. At Lindy Lee on Twitter. And yeah. we go to Sue. Well, um, I, I am. I don't know if these guys have, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of political people having make, made the move over. Mostly at post, I'm seeing them, but not so much on Mastodon or on Spoutable yet. But so these guys are on Twitter. But these first year, first term congressmen at Rep Dan Goldman and at Rep Moskowitz are fierce alpha liberals and the ridiculous House Republican committee hearings, they are literally destroying the Republicans step by step. And both of them, uh, Dan Goldman has had been to at least two hearings where he just nails their asses to the wall. And and Jared Moskowitz, who's a first-termer out of Florida, Dan Goldman's out of New York City, Jared Moskowitz did a whole thing on anti-Semitism and he did the classic almost line. He's like, I'm not saying every Republican is a Nazi or is an anti-Semite, but boy, do Nazis feel comfortable in the Republican Party. And, you know, and Dan Goldman did that. So at Rep Moskowitz, at Rep Dan Goldman are my two social media people and wherever you can find them. I think they are going to make great, uh, great congressmen, not just for their districts, but for all of us. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who I do see uh, on uh, on Mastodon a lot is uh, Representative Richie Torres. Yes. Richie. Yeah. Yeah. He's another one. So, all right. Uh, at Rep Dan Goldman on Twitter. And, and at- I would have done George Santos, but I don't know what alias he's using today. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what his name is, his tag. Yeah, and uh, Rep Moskowitz, all these links will be in the show notes. And we'll go to Joe, who's your social media friend this week. Jamie Raskin. (laughs) He's awesome. And I think it's self-explanatory if you saw the news this week at all. Uh, Jamie, even amid all his health problems and and going through chemo and everything, he leveled those Republicans on Wednesday. Oh, he let them have it. Yes, he did. Yep, and... uh, Boy, I am so grateful for people like Raskin mm-hmm. being there to represent the people. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Did you yeah, see Yeah, now his that post- they censored Adam Schiff. 
Well, did you see his posts from yesterday? Yeah, the one where he had a new head covering? Where, yeah, yeah. He has the Stevie new head Van Zandt from E Street Radio, yeah, from he E gave Street him Band, yeah, Springsteen's band, sent him some uh, scar- some head head bandanas, and he posted it, and they had an interchange back and forth on Twitter. And the picture is glorious, and they're all both glorious. And, I mean, talk about heroes. It's just awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I saw that. I saw that. That picture, even though I'm not on Twitter, I think someone reposted it on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, but, I did yeah. it on Facebook. Yeah, that was it. That was where I saw it. Yeah, Kathy, because I always look at your group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So, I had J- Representative Jamie Raskin on Facebook, and um, I'm doing a little something different. Uh, I'm actually doing a podcast instead of uh, like Facebook or Twitter or, or, or whatever. And uh, and it's Big Fatty Online Podcast. We've heard us mention him before, uh, but I picked him for two reasons. <laughs> Number one, Today starts his 16th year of doing the Big Fatty Online podcast. Congratulations, Big wow. Fatty. Wow. That's uh, awesome. And he, uh, he kicked off uh, at the halftime at the Super Bowl 16 years ago. And tonight, and, and what he does every year at, on, during the halftime of the Super Bowl is he has a number one fan contest. And everyone's supposed to write in before, a couple weeks before, and uh, submit entries to be chosen as the number one fan. And and uh, I always admit never one, but <laughs> and he uh, he says he puts them in the colostomy bag and draws them out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, uh, of course, you'll recognize him from these sound effects that I play. That is vulgar. Or <laughs> which is frequently heard on this podcast. But uh, I picked him also because on Monday, I listen to his show every morning while I'm getting ready for work. And on Monday, I was listening, and this happened, and I got the giggles, and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> Y'all, our next uh, number one fan entry is from uh, Brian out there in the Denver, and he says, Our Brent Brady, I'd like to enter the contest for the number one fan. I listen every morning. My day would not be the same without it. And I wanted to share a story. At David's memorial, he... He indeed had an incredible Wacom collection, and he was an expert on them. As a tribute to him, they sprinkled his his ashes on a rug at the church and brought out his most treasured Kirby Wacom and Wackomed him up there, and there was not a dry eye in the church. He was indeed a special person, and I miss him. Brian in Denver will... Uh, uh, Brian, uh, that's more than uh, 25 words, but uh, I think we're, we will uh, we will uh, uh, we'll just take that first sentence as the uh, the entry. Yes, me, Betty. Oh my God! When I heard that, I got a, a case of the giggles. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cute when you hear it from him. <laughs> when he, you know, it's kind of just the thought translate in in typing. When he br- <laughs> they, they brought his ashes out and dumped them on the carpet and then vacuumed him up with his fries, Kirby. <laughs> and then there were all these questions going in my head. Well, did they didn't they take the Kirby and bury it at the cemetery? <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my God. And I just got the giggles and I could not stop laughing all day long. And then I kept thinking, oh my God, if my mother was sitting in that service and she saw them vacuum him up into the vacuum, she she would have faded. Oh my God. I laughed so hard. But oh God. Big Fatty, congratulations on your 16. And thanks for always making me laugh. So. 
All right. All right. So what do we... Uh, Tim, before we continue, since Joe was talking before about Biden, Mm -hmm. I just want to add this because I think everyone who listens needs to be paid close attention. This is a there is a concerted effort to destroy Kamala Kamala Harris. They are. Oh, God. Absolutely. That's been going on for years on steroids. And, you know, it was. Before the State of the Union, all the articles were, she's done nothing for two years and he's too old, and pushing gullible Democrats who don't pay attention, including a few people I love who should know better, one of whom I had to take to task with at dinner on Friday night, to say, you have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Okay. She has done enormous amounts of work. What vice president in recent history has taken a commanding role? Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Dick shoots people in the face. Who poor guy right. died this week. Um, but but this beware and be help promote the reality. She she broke what fifty one ties last year. Judges and bills that we're now bragging about happened because she broke the tie. That's right. Well, this it's, year it's not as you know critical because we have a, a, a full majority, but also she's been the one going overseas, restoring our reputation, meeting with other leaders, working on abortion rights issues, health, women's health issues, and the misogyny here from other women, especially uh, who really need to rot in hell. Yeah. Just, well, they're listening to a bunch of stupid men who tell them. You know, she needs. Well, I mean, you know how they do. We saw we saw that in the 2020 Democratic primary. I mean, they were out for her when she was running as, you know, in the the nomination. They are terrified of her. They is a strong woman. That's right. They tore her up. And that Mm -hmm. and I mean, that's why she ended up dropping out of the out of the race, you know, because they just drug her through the mud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is so what they're I doing. She's you got somebody on her vigilant. side. What's that? I, I mean, I went after my friend the other night, and he was like, "No, you know, he's like, Be, you know, you pay attention." I'm like, "No, no, no, no! You're swallowing the misogyny without even thinking about it." I may pay attention too much, but for you to just accept an article like that as fact when it's utter bullshit, you mm-hmm. need to take the time and find out what she's been doing. Or what any vice president does. And then he tried to tell me, well, you know, um, uh, Al Gore, because of environmental stuff, Al Gore was ignored. Right. She's not standing there brown lipped just like Pence. Well, what they're afraid of is that Joe Biden's going to keel over and she's going to be president. (laughs) Well, isn't that going to be the worst thing that could happen? I don't think so. I mean, that's that's a whole idea. He got somebody who could back him up. And that explains the whole thing about Joe Biden being too old to run. Exactly. Right. Scary. Yep. Scary duo. I love them. Yep. Well, and I uh, think they're awesome. So last Sunday, Marco Rubio was on CNN with Jake Tapper, and this happened. As uh, vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, do you know, um, has the U.S. recovered any parts of the Chinese spy balloon? Has the, And did the monitoring of the balloon during its journey, as far as you know, yield any worthwhile information for the U.S.? 
Well, we won't know that until we get into a secure setting this week in Washington, and uh, probably most of that is something we won't be able to disclose in any great detail, other than to say this, and that is that, you know, they're going to try to recover this. Apparently, it's in shallow waters. We'll see what they recover from it. But I don't think the technology or the existence of these things is a great mystery. I think what's embedded here is a clear message. It's not a coincidence that this happens leading up to the State of the Union address, leading up to Blinken's visit to China. The Chinese knew that this was going to be spotted. They knew that we were going to have to react to it. They flew it over military installations and sensitive sites across, right across the middle. I mean, look at the flight path of this thing. It's a diagonal shot right through the middle of the continental United States. And the message embedded in this to the world is we can fly a balloon over airspace of the United States of America, and they won't be able to do anything about it to stop us. They calculated this carefully with a message embedded in it. And I think that's the part we can't forget here. It's not just the balloon. It's the message they're trying to send the world that Amer we can do whatever we want in America. What that information do you think the spy balloon might have gleaned as it, as it traveled? Uh, I know it was over the, the fears that it was over some U.S. military installations. I'm also wondering if uh, infrastructure was probably part of the surveillance uh, task it had. <sighs> Well, again, it would be speculation other than to tell you that those Hello. things usually are that you're altitude and what they're doing is probably trying to collect <laughs> yeah, on signals, on electronic information too. that's transiting that they can pick up on. There are various other means that they can do that as well. And that's why I go back to the whole point of the message. There are probably other ways that China could acquire whatever they acquired using this balloon. I may be wrong. There may be some unique attributes to it that I'm, that I'm not aware of yet, but we'll learn more about this week. But I think more than anything else, beyond just the ability to collect information, it is the, the, the ability to send a, a clear message. And that is that we have the ability to do this and America can't do anything about it. If they're not going to be able to stop a balloon from flying over U.S. airspace, how is America going to come to your aid if we invade Taiwan or take land from India or take islands from fear the monger, Philippines fear and monger, Japan? Fear monger. And, and I think the fact Screw that they him. would do that leading up to State of the Union, leading up to what was then Blinken's scheduled visit, none of that is a coincidence. And so we need to understand clearly there was messaging behind this. But you, so you think that, first of all, uh, I guess there are two parts to a question I have following up on that. One is the Pentagon says that they know of the Chinese doing this at least four other times previously, once at the beginning of the Biden administration, three times during the Trump administration, it seems to be you're saying, oh, you're saying no, that's not true. But in any case, is, is the is the no, I what's know the what difference? I'm saying. OK, well, the difference is habana, this. Habana, habana. Are we aware? Have we seen the Chinese fly these balloons in the past? Yes. I think there's even Twitter pictures of it flying at one point uh, off the coast of the U.S. Uh, down south somewhere. The, the, the existence of the balloons is not a mystery to people in, in, the, in, in that field. What, what we've never seen, what is unprecedented, and whoever the source was at the Department of Defense would have to acknowledge this, what is unprecedented is a balloon flight that entered over Idaho and, and flew over Montana, over all these sensitive military installations, Air Force bases, ICBM no, fields, right across the middle of the yeah, country. That guessing. has never happened you before. That is unprecedented. That, that it flew briefly over some part of the U.S. or continental U.S., that's one thing. But what we saw this week... It's unprecedented. And that's why everyone's reacting the way they're reacting. We've never seen this. So th this is no comparison to anything that may have happened up to this point. After, after the first balloon was scrambled before it hit the coast of Alaska. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we can take what he said and just... Yeah, just flush it. Right. Because, number one, well, the one thing he did say is, is that this could have been deliberate. But, you know, seriously, nobody, nobody has been able to answer one question for me. Is if you've got a balloon that's the size of three buses, 
right? Yep. And it's visible to the naked eye from the ground at 60,000 feet. Why would you make it white <laughs> and not light blue? Make it the same color as the sky? Mm-hmm. Nobody's answered that question for me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it, good question. <laughs> Hmm. I guess, uh, you know, the Chinese may think we're stupid. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, the thing is, is what we found out this week is, one, they were jamming it, so it wasn't transmitting anything to China. And then after they shot right. it down, they recovered what is in it and what co- what it collected for intelligence reasons. And the Chinese got nothing out of it. Absolutely nothing. Right. And whatever the other two are and who they're from remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, and then yesterday, Canada and the U.S. shot down two more. That's what I'm saying. Oh, those Canada's two. Canada's face. The, those oh. two. The, the, there's a cigar-shaped one and, I don't know, another round one. I don't I know. <laughs> God. Yeah. But, oh, but but did you catch the hamana, hamana, hamana when he asked him about the three balloons that when Trump was president? Was, yeah, there was a lot of hamana, hamana. Hamana, hamana, hamana. Oh, it's not the same. No, yeah. of course not. No. Well, they're too worried about cheating at the election. Right. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Yes. Well, and then you know, um, for foreign people to come in and attack us. Right. Then on Monday morning, the Morning Joe crew were having just a little laugh at that interview there. Uh, so, you know, John Heilman, I said I wasn't going to mention any names, but it seems to me that if you're a ranking member of an extraordinarily important uh, uh, committee in the United States Senate, you probably should try to, to, to not debase yourself over a balloon. Uh, Marco Rubio, of, of course, just tweeting frantically and, and says that if we can't shoot down a balloon over Montana, then it's China testing us and they know we're not going to do jack if China takes over parts of Japan or India. I, a middle schooler, a middle schooler, should be embarrassed for for tweeting such things, let alone (laughs) one of the most powerful Republican senators in Washington, D.C. Please, please give us your insights on the Republican over-response to all of this. Yeah. Well, I heard you talking about jackasses, uh, John Heilman. When I heard heard that, the word jackass come out of your mouth, I I started trying to conjure in my mind who you might be thinking of in the Republican Party. And as you know, I've I've spent a a long time studying the mind of Joe Scarborough, and I I did. It did occur to me that uh, the, the the senator from uh, Florida, uh, the Republican senator from Florida, once known as Little Marco, might be on your mind because I mean <laughs> no, he was not no, just no. tweeting; he was on television. Went on one of the went on one of the Sunday shows uh, and said exactly what you said. He said, "You know, this is China sending a message to the world." Oh. I, I'm oh. quoting him now. He says that that America is in decline. Oh, uh, America is a, is a once Just great superpower now in decline. And if oh. they what they are telling the world is it that America can't shoot down a balloon over Montana. America has no well, there's no way that America could be a, a, a real force in a, 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 a conflict in over Taiwan, for instance, as you mentioned. And, I, you know, he went on to make a great length about this. I mean, a great length about this balloon well, well, and well, what well, it John, John, let me ask you uh, this question. What American decline. is it, John? What is it about Republicans in the age of Trump 
where all they want to do is tear down America. You have Ted Cruz that wishes American soldiers could be more like Russian soldiers. You've got little Marco talking about the collapse of America, that we're a weakened power. I don't know if they've noticed, but our military is stronger today relative to the rest of the world than any military has been in the history of humankind. This is just an incontrovertible fact. And yet they trash our military. They, Donald Trump says he trusts Vladimir Putin more than he trusts our intel services. They say they wanted to fund the FBI. They try to tear down every institution that protects us. And they wonder why they keep losing elections. Well, right, Joe. You're like, you look. I mean, uh, so many examples here. You know, you would have thought that you know, per- perhaps uh, that that Marco Rubio and these other Republicans would, you know, would occasionally take note of the fact that uh, I think if they were to call up uh, uh, President Zelensky in Ukraine and ask uh, how he feels about the way that the U.S. has has kept the. Uh, they kept the NATO alliance together the, uh, to, to, to uh, aid Ukraine over the course of last year and put them in the position that they're in now that no one expected. I mean, really, in the world's largest active conflict, uh, there's been no force uh, on, the, on the other than Ukraine itself on the other side that's had more uh, effect in terms of I mean, who thought NATO would be as strong and as unified as it was, certainly not Vladimir Putin a year ago. And what has happened instead, Joe Biden has led NATO in a place where it has been uh, steadfast and unified, maybe not perfect, but has performed with a degree of strength and resolve that no one expected. And, and I don't think you have to be a Joe Biden cheerleader to say that. If you're a NATO cheerleader, every country inside NATO would say that. But uh, that escapes little Marco, apparently, because he thinks that uh, he agrees with China. Uh, the implicit critique is that he and other Republicans, you say, agree with what they think the Chinese view is, which is that America is uh, in, in terminal decline. And I don't know. I think there is. You would have thought after four years of Donald Trump saying that he had made America great again, that these folks would have the permission to come out and say, you know what, America is great again. Uh, and, and not to say, no. well, America, if America is in such a profound state of decline, what, what happened to those four years of Republican leadership uh, where Donald Trump made America great again? I don't understand it. Did Joe Biden bring on Amer- American decline just I mean, in the course of the last two years? I, I just seriously. it makes no sense the things they say. And it's not in their political interest either to have this position. It's not what Republicanism has traditionally profited from, which is, you know, American exceptionalism, the sense that the country is, remains the, the, the single, the singular force for freedom and democracy around the world yeah they seem to want yeah. to argue against so, that so- amen amen you hit the nail on the head yeah and you i'm flush that toilet right right Donald trump down the the into the sewers right <laughs> there we go there you go martha little martha wanted us to be like our soldiers to be like the russian soldiers has he been paying attention to the mass desertions and the number right. of uh, tens of thousands of dead Russians and they're like basically kidnapping young Russian men off the streets to conscript them in the army because they need more cannon fodder? Exactly what the f- is he talking about? Right. Well, and, and you know, from what he was saying there, did you guys hear this week the Ukrainian uh, Republican congresswoman from Ohio, uh, Victoria... Uh, Spars yes. or whatever her name is, but she announced that she's not running again in 2024. She's retiring from politics, and I think mm-hmm. something happened. Something happened mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she was the one who came out and said she was not going to vote. Yeah, 
to to kick Ilhan Omar over off the off the committee. She was on an interview on MSNBC, and she said that that she could not support that. That this is being nothing but political retribution for Marjorie Taylor Greene being kicked Which off her the committee. Truth. And then she said she wasn't going to do it. But then when they took the vote, they forced her to vote for it. The whip forced her to vote. And I think that was probably enough, plus probably all this stuff running around about Marjorie Taylor Greene and the right wing complaining about all the money that's going to, to you know, to Ukraine. I think I think something broke. I think she's like, she, she's I'm had it. Sure. They're probably threatening people. Probably. Because they've got a lot of people that are turning against them in the Republican Party, or what's left of it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, not an guys- insurrectionist group. You've got the few like uh, Johnson Nunu, Larry Hogan here, these unbelievable phonies, John Kasich, who think they're more moderate, you know, who try to portray themselves as they were always anti-Trumpers and how the party's moving on for Trump. So they're still no. saying, yeah, they, they really think they are. And they think today Kristen Nunu was on, they, he, they're making this governor and good old fat, old, fat ass Christie. They're just all going on sort of like, oh, Trump's time is over. The Republican Party needs to reset. Vote for me. And I think Nikki Haley's even trying to pull that, though. You've yeah, got to be yeah. really stupid if you mm-hmm. buy that crap. Well, and, and and this is the thing. They keep coming out and saying, well, America, it's time to get the Republican Party back and we'll get somebody who's not a Donald Trump, like Larry Hogan or, or whoever, Sanu, Chris Sununu or whatever, you know, to run for president. The problem is none of them can get above 1%. <laughs> none of them, Nikki Haley. None of them. The only one that can is 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 um, DeSantis, because their voters are they won't vote for people like that, <laughs> right? Yep. You know. So, but anyway, then uh, Don Lemon was making having a, a little fun at uh, the hyper the Republicans hyperventilating over this Chinese spy balloon. I'm right? confused by Alex, and I wonder what. You're hearing from officials, which is the notion that there were previous occurrences of this, which we heard from the Pentagon right after this was happening. Esper, the former defense secretary, told us Friday he had no idea about any of this ever happening. And now they're saying that they were discovered after Trump left office. I mean, I don't understand how that happens and they don't notice it. Yeah. Yeah. In in this case, it was clearly discovered in real time. It was spotted the 28th of January uh, near Alaska over the Aleutian Islands. And then it swept down through Canada into uh, the United States. And the the Pentagon has said clearly there were these three other instances during uh, the Trump administration. We've heard from former President Trump himself, as well as his Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, saying uh, that didn't happen during the administration. And and now, just last night, we heard from the White House um, that it was only after when Biden came into office that they discovered uh, that this had happened during the Trump administration. So clearly there's some kind of analysis that is happening, some kind of intelligence gathering that has only determined long after Trump left office that these balloons were in fact from China and had briefly uh, crossed over the continental United States. And I think it's that that briefly that is very important. What was different here, um, according to experts and the Pentagon, was was that this thing loitered. It hung out um, over the United States for quite some time. It took a long time to cross the country. Um, It was maneuverable. They were able to direct it. This was able to gather intelligence in, in in a, a more in a more robust way than some of these previous balloons, but what we keep being reminded by these military officials is that these balloons don't have much stronger intelligence gathering capabilities than, say, Chinese satellites. But the fact that this balloon was able to hang out 
made it much more uh, of a pressing matter, not to mention the fact that countless Americans across the country were literally able to look up and see this thing. It was a much more flagrant violation. Well, that was all fascination with the American people. But let's just let's be honest about this. And obviously this is serious. But I thought that producers had smelling salts off of the on the side of the set for Republicans who came on. (laughs) Oh, my God, this is I mean, just hyperventilating about this. It is serious. But if it happened under the Trump administration, they didn't discover it. Isn't that possibly a failure of the Trump administration? I mean, there's so much blame to go around. I, I was reading your piece and I thought that you were saying, hold your horses, people. This is way different than what we think. Don't hyperventilate over it. This has happened before. And this is just sort of an intelligence race or a spying race that both co- countries have been going through for such a long time. So hold, just sort of hold your horses and see what's happening here. There you go. Right? <sighs> there you go. You know, I mean, they just... Oh, oh, my horses. I want to have a hysterical tantrum and tell you, Chicken Little, the sky is falling. And I want you to be hysterical. And I want you to hide in your house and vote for Republicans and never read or learn anything else again. Yeah, there and, you go. and also the dumbasses that went out in their backyards with their guns trying to shoot the balloon down. <laughs> I realize they're yeah. not rocket scientists, but anyone knows a bullet doesn't go 60,000 feet. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, it turns around and falls back on some sucker. Right. <laughs> exactly. But uh, Chelsea Handler, Handler was uh, the guest host on The Daily Show this week, and uh, she had a little bit to say about Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor Green, a.k.a. Capital Storming Barbie, hates her job, <laughs> which is so funny because the rest of us also hate her having her job. <laughs> Becoming a member yeah. of Congress has made my life miserable. The nature of this job, it keeps members of Congress and senators in Washington so much of the time, uh, too much of the time, to be honest with you, that, yeah. that we don't get to go home and spend more time with our families, our friends, well, why don't you, go um, find a new you job? know, all in our district, or maybe just be regular people. People because this job is so demanding, it's turned into practically year-round. <laughs> First of all, you're not a regular person, you moron. Yeah. You're a congressperson because you campaigned and somehow won, which requires you to work year-round. I also don't want to work year-round, and that's why I don't. <laughs> <laughs> To quote Kim K for a second, <laughs> get your ass up and work. <laughs> the point is, if you don't like being in Congress, then go work at Foot Locker, bitch. <laughs> but that's not even the worst part of what she said. This is. I have people come up to me and say crazy things to me um, out of the blue in public places um, that they believe because they read it on the internet. Oh. Well, if that's not the pot calling the kettle QAnon. a hoax that the Clintons killed JFK Jr. and that Jews are in charge of space lasers. But please, don't come at her with some crazy ideas. She might believe them. That's great. Oh, God, that was great. I still think... uh, I still think Leslie Jones was my favorite <laughs> guest host <laughs> on The Daily Show, but she, Chelsea Andrew did a, did a pretty good job this week. <laughs> yeah, she did do a good job. So... Um. Good old Marjorie Trader Green said, uh, school shootings aren't real. 
Nancy Pelosi should be executed. January 6th was committed by BLM. Sandy Hook was fake. Obama's a Muslim. The Clintons killed Kennedy. Obama was president in 9-11. COVID is a hoax. The Las Vegas shooting was staged. The Pentagon was not hit by a plane on 9-11. And of course, plant-based meat is made in a peach, P-E-A-C-H, peach tree dish. White people who voted for Obama are the racists. And Nancy Pelosi leads the gazpacho police. Right. And she also said in in the debate with Marcus Flowers that doctors were mutilating children's genitals. (laughs) Remember that? Uh-huh. But uh, that, tell us about people reading crazy things on the internet. <laughs> Please go. Please yeah. go quickly. Allie, you still with us there? I'm still with you. <laughs> What's your take? <laughs> well, one, I miss I miss Leslie. I think she was great. Um, Chelsea nailed all of it. Yeah. Um, and I don't listen to a lot. I get home really late at night, and I do listen to The Daily Show. Um I think having guest hosts has really made things better because you kind of get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do need more women calling Marjorie out, period. That's right. Oh, That's like, right. yes, we do. Daily, yes. daily, daily. Speaking of, um, uh, speaking of women calling calling out, uh, Joy Reid, <laughs> I actually saw this on Monday. She went off about the Grammys. This is hilarious. I hadn't watched in years, but I actually really enjoyed it. Although I'm not sure everybody else did. It was, to put it mildly, a celebration of the very thing the American right has turned into its latest anti-wokeness boogeyman, diversity, equity, and inclusion. The show opened with Puerto Rican singer Bad Bunny singing 99% in Spanish. Then host Trevor Noah walked and talked through a room that was diversity, equity, and inclusion in human form. The first country Americana artist to perform, Brandi Carlile, was introduced by her wife and daughters. We saw the first trans artist win a Grammy, Kim Petras, who has a hit song with Sam Smith, the British singer who came out in 2019 as non-binary. Black acting superstar Viola Davis became an EGOT, winning a Grammy to add to her Golden Globe, Oscar, and Tony Awards. Lizzo performed with her amazing choir of many-sized singers. Beyonce took home her 32nd Grammy to become the most Grammy-decorated singer of all time. Besting, and I had to look this up, Hungarian-British conductor George Solti. Record of the year went to Harry Styles, a British male singer who frequently puts on dresses to pose in magazines and is a sex symbol to women and men because of it. And there was a 15-minute epic tribute to the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. So yeah, the culture wars are over, and the left won, like... Total defeat. <laughs> right. I can only imagine the heads exploding in red states. I imagine Ron DeSantis is somewhere stalking through his governor's mansion trying to figure out how to ban the airing of the Grammys in Florida and take away CBS's tax exemptions. No educational value, queer theory, black music. It's <laughs> <laughs> a helpful reminder that despite the almost hysterical war the right is waging to take the culture back to the John Wayne era, they are not just losing. They literally cannot win. Cultural progression is relentless. Once people get a taste of modernity, they almost never go back willingly. Amen. Amen. There you have it, right there. Yeah. That was great. I love joy. You know, listening last week, my 12-year-old and 10-year-old grandkids slept over, and we were having lots of conversations about lots of things. And my 12-year-old has at least two transgendered friends. Um, who are coping with adolescence, the the onset of adolescence as their bodies change. 
and they have changed their names and the way they dress and look based on what they feel is their proper gender. And she was my granddaughter. They, the kids sleep, uh, swim on swim teams. Um, in fact, my granddaughter swims on two, the school swim team and then the D.C. area, her neighborhood swim team with her brother. And she was talking about how tough it is for these kids to wear the right bathing suits so that they don't get in trouble. And now we're very liberal. The, this area is very liberal. So it's a very open and accommodating um, environment for them. But having to wear the right top and bottom to be swimming in the right gender, because it's all the swim meets are boys and girls by ages. You've got nine, ten girls and nine, ten boys, et cetera. And we had this really good conversation. But I thought, you know, obviously, not only did I not have that conversation with her, their own her own mother, we never had it with them. We just didn't have that because, you know, and then some people complain about it. But for me, what a celebration. We should be celebrating anyone who feels good about feeling authentic, whoever they are. And that if that means I'm woke or I'm a socialist or I'm an alpha liberal, I will wear it every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And the rest of those haters can just go fuck themselves. Right. That right. Is, I'm so proud of my kids, for my grands, for being this tolerant also. That, just, that's wonderful. It is what it is. And you just move forward. Who cares? It's no one's business but theirs. That's right. That's right. Yeah, stop the damn bullying. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Because yes. it happens really bad at that age. Yeah. Well, this is it. This is what they're afraid of. That, that, but Joya was right because, Pan, Pan, I mean, Pandora's box is open. You know, yeah, it, you can't put it back in there once it's open. Forget yep, it. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. And Joe, are we ready to see what's happening down in the clown car garage? I am, if you are. All <laughs> right, let's Uh-oh. do it. Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food, and up through the ground come a bubbling crew. Oil, that is, black gold, Texas tea. Well, the first thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. The kinfolk said, Jed, move away from there. Said, California is the place you ought to be. So they loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly Hills, that is, swimming pools, movie stars. The Beverly Hillbillies. What you cooking, Granny? Done cooked and cooled. That's my spring tonic. Mmm, got a dandy head on it this year. <laughs> How come you cooked up such a big batch? You fixing a tonic the whole town of Beverly Hills? That's just a starter. Then I'm going to commence on the rest of the country. Everybody? No, just the Democrats and the Republicans. <laughs> they need tonicin', do they? Why, Jed, they is in such bad shape. One party can't walk and the other one can't even stand up. Who told you that? They did. I've been watching the TV. The Republicans claim that the Democrats is dragging their feet. And the Democrats come back and say that the Republicans ain't got a leg to stand on. <laughs> 
remember, Granny, come election time, them two parties says a lot of things about each other. That's why I ain't taking no chances. I'm tonic in both sides. <laughs> I'm glad to see you ain't partial. <laughs> I'll say this. You get enough of your tonic into them two parties, this country's gonna have one rip-snorting election. That's why I made it extra strong this year. I figured a little will have to go a long way. Now go ahead, help yourself. Well, I tell you, Granny, uh, you ought to go first. It's your tonic. Yeah. I have been feeling a little stove up lately. A little achy in the joints and not too spry. They're probably city living. Probably. Well, <laughs> here's looking at you, Jeff. Danny, you ain't looking at me. Oh. <laughs> it's a cartwheels. Water. I don't have water. It's a gentleman's <laughs> Tells me folks are going to talk about this election for years to come. I could use some of that tonic about right now. <laughs> I, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, the Republican hillbillies. You, when you sent me the show art, I just burst out laughing. <laughs> oh, well, well, well. Now, if anyone's been wondering which Congress in history had the lowest average IQ scores. This week's State of the Union address has left no doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, call in the dogs, put out the fire because the hunt is over. Yeah, I think they all had the uh, granny spring tonic <laughs> before the yeah. before the State of the Union. <laughs> yep, and the winner is by a country mile, the Republican 118th Congress. Right. That's right. It's like Dogpatch, Hooterville, and Pixley all rolled into D.C. Right. <laughs> In the Clampett Mansion. <laughs> For a big tailgate party in the congressional parking lot. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And it was smoke crowdads and pickled pawpaws for everyone. <laughs> and spring tonic. <laughs> and spring tonic. Or as James Carville described it this week, and I quote James Carville, I tell people I have the equivalent of a PhD in white trashology. <laughs> <laughs> he was so funny. And we saw real white trash on display. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. Bring on Which the dump truck. Got us to at the clown car uh, to thinking, how would white trash, a white trash reporter, describe what happened on Tuesday night? Mm -hmm. Well, it goes something like this. Well, the highlight of the evening was the display that made the Jerry Springer show look like a Mensa convention. <laughs> <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene was uh, there wearing a furry boa and looking like she fell out of an ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She was madder than a wet hen. Just screaming and hollering all night with her nose all cattywampus. And Lauren Boebert, bless her heart, Wore a scowl on her face all night like she ate a bad batch of possum shanks. Bless her heart. <laughs> and Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana was sitting there hotter than a goat's butt in a pepper patch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was hard, too, because uh, they gave White Trash a bad name. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But old Joe from Scranton, he got the last laugh when he turned the tables on the Republican bumpkins. Right. Faster than a one-legged man in a butt-kitten contest. Right. (laughs) (laughs) First, he accused the GOP of hating on Social Security and Medicare. That got those GOP dogs so riled up, they jumped up like someone put a burr in their saddle. (laughs) They were just yelling and screaming like someone just took the last heaping of coot cobbler. (laughs) (laughs) They threw such a hissy fit that Joe broke out into a big grin and said, so I guess we all agree Social Security and Medicare are off the table. Well, Kevin McCarthy who was sitting just behind old Joe, didn't know whether to scratch his watch or wind his ass. (laughs) (laughs) But he finally got up and clapped with the rest. Joe just grinned and said, well, butter my ass and call me a biscuit. We finally agreed on something. Right, yeah. (laughs) And so Scranton Joe won the night with a trap he set And he left feeling finer than a frog's hair split four ways. (laughs) (laughs) And Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans? Well, let's just say their next two years were off like a herd of turtles. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Very good, Joe. Oh, my God. Oh, Very good, Joe. Wow. Wow, I was trying to get this one in. He's dumb as dirt, bless his heart. (laughs) I bet the rest of you were like me. You were kind of half listening, half texting with other people, reacting to the speech. And so you had hit one ear, and then all of a sudden you heard that rope-a-dope expertly played, and you bolted upright and said, wait a minute. Right, that was... was, You know, well, this is the thing. All day, Monday and Tuesday on MSNBC... All day, all they talked about was, oh, oh the one, doom one. and gloom for Biden. Oh, oh he it's better just, do this and he better oh, do he's that. Oh, say this. God, if he does Oh, that. 70% of the country thinks we're on the right, wrong track. Oh, my God. Oh, all these Democrats or 70% Democrats don't want him to run for it. I mean, they just, the hand-wringing and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, and then oh. after the State of the Union, all of that just went out the window. <laughs> Right. Yeah, because Biden just nailed it. He, he just nailed it. You know, I mean, this was the quintessential moment. Tonight, I'm asking the Congress to follow suit. Let's commit here tonight to the full faith and credit of the United States of America will never, ever be questioned. So my many some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you anybody who doubts it. Contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. <laughs> you know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. 
but it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks, the idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. Folks. So, folks, as we all apparently agree, Social Security and Medicare is off the, off the books now, right? They're not to be spoken. There you go. Man, that was a boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. And boom, boom shakalaka goes right there. Yeah, because we heard Chip Roy and all of them running around. Uh, Don, what's his name from Florida? All of them talking about how, oh, we got to cut the Social Security and Medicare. But meanwhile, nobody's talking about the $10 trillion that Congress borrowed from the, Medi- the Social Security Trust Fund right. to pay for the Iraq yep. and Afghanistan wars. Mm-hmm. Nobody so talking about Trump, that. Uh, Biden goes to Florida with and copies, runs, yeah, with copies and, and of their Scott. plan, and yeah, then he, moron oh. Mike Rounds is he from? Where's he from? South Dakota, Senator Mike Rounds. Hmm, I'm oh, not sure. I don't know, he's a senator, sure. but he's a Republican. He went on TV today and said, "Oh, we're not against it. We just want to renew it annually." Yeah. Oh, screw him. Screw yeah, him. No, seriously, they so they think you are as stupid as the people who vote for them. Well, he, right. wouldn't, he wouldn't be from South Carolina, he, unless he was a no, house No, member. I said South Dakota. Oh, so, oh I'm sorry, South, South Dakota. I miss that. All Maybe right, so, I should look this up and tell yeah, you. Yeah, but I mean, but seriously, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is it. And 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 the and then the look on, what's his name? Mike Lee? Was it Mike Lee? Which, oh, yeah, Mike God. Lee was one of them. <laughs> the look of him with just like this sh- sense of sh- shock on his face. And then they turn around and pay the clip of him ten years ago saying that the best that his main goal was to get rid of Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. Right. That was his main goal of coming to Washington, and then to sit there and look like, how dare, how dare him ever say that I would want to cut Medicare, Social Security, <laughs> just <laughs> dumbass, yeah, right. Oh my God, but he just—I <laughs> mean, let me tell you—that was some master. Master class there. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. go ahead, Sue. And I just wanted to reference back onto the media. Twitter is owned by a Republican. Fox is owned by a Republican. CNN is owned by a Republican. OAN is owned by a Republican. Parler is open by a Republican. Newsmax is open by owned by a Republican. Daily Wire is owned by Republicans. Politico is owned by a right-wing German group, the Axel Springer. Um, yeah, you see how liberal the press is. This right-wing echo chamber of bullshit is impossible to crack. And what the Republicans have done, but they don't know it, is they've granted us an audience into their committee meetings by being such miserable, traitorous bastards. And they're having these hearings. And now, come on, I'm 71. Did I ever think the term Donald Trump is a pussy ant? ass bitch would end up in the congressional record <laughs> right exactly yeah we got and that, for that i can thank the republicans there you go yeah. well and you know our, our our good friend t brown on tuesday she she posted her morning video on facebook and she was asking people make sure don't just watch the state of the union but watch sarah sanders <laughs> 
Huckabee. Huckabee's. Oh, yeah. You yeah, had to watch her. Because he, yeah. she said, you got to hear what they have to say, you know, and and she was you know, talking about possibly what she was going to say. And I wrote in the comments, I said, she's going to talk about woke-ass drag queens. <laughs> Yeah, and and Italians and how they how how they uh, you know got Italian satellites to change the votes <laughs> for oh my God and sure enough we got an MST3K this okay I'm Sarah Huckabee Sanders being a mom to three young children taught me not to believe every story I hear so forgive me for not believing much of anything I heard tonight from President Biden. Shut up. Out of control inflation and violent crime to the dangerous border crisis and threat from China. Are you shit me? And the Democrats have failed you. They know it and you know it. And it's time for a change. Tonight, let us reaffirm our commitment to a timeless American idea. That government exists not to rule the people, but to serve the people. Democrats want to rule us with more government control. But that's not who we are. America is the greatest country the world has ever known because we're the freest country the world has ever known with a people who are strong and resilient. Five months ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It was a hard time for our family, particularly our kids, Scarlett, Huck, and George but we kept our faith and persevered. Thanks to exceptional doctors here in Arkansas, a successful surgery, and the grace of God, I am cancer-free. Through it all, I couldn't help but think about my mom. She was 20 years old and into her first year of marriage when she was diagnosed with spinal cancer. The doctors told her she might not live, and if she did live, they said she'd never walk again. Okay, I'm going to stop it here. What has this got to do with what Joe Biden said? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Okay, first of all, her name is Governor Hee-Haw. If you don't <laughs> yeah. use the terms Governor Hee-Haw, I'm going to be very upset with all of you. She And she is living proof of the rotting fruit from the poisonous tree. You know, this is what happens. Her dad used to cook squirrel in a popcorn popper, and clearly that toxicity has gone into her brain. Right. Seriously. She named your children from Gone with the Wind. What? 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 <laughs> right. God. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, we watched her when she was Trump's press secretary. Just lie, 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 lie. Which, by the way, she admitted to under oath. Right. Under oath. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I feel bad for her, you know, I mean, but you know what? To do with Joe, what Joe said. Name well, one and Joe mentioned in his in his state of the in the State of the Union that he's re wants to revitalize the the cancer moonshot that he was in charge of under under President Obama. Well, well I didn't don't, understand that though. Yeah, I mean, instead of instead of coming on here and trashing him, maybe maybe you should support the cancer moonshot. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, but that's and not she how she walk, was taught by. She definitely by, never know, have children. Florida, Mar-a-Lago. the daughter she was. What's that? Uh, it, that's not how she was taught by the the that orange guy from Mar-a-Lago. Right. Yeah. So told you know, she, she never she, have. She was she just sworn that, in. She never said as the, the new the governor name, of Arkansas. Sure is speaking it. to you tonight. Adversity and fear of the unknown can paralyze us. 
then why are you trying to do it? Propels us to charge boldly ahead. Okay. We can't stand still in the face of great challenges. You and I were put on this earth for such a time as this okay. to charge boldly ahead. All right. Into what? I'll be the first to admit President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. You, you think? I'm for freedom. He's for government control. No. God. I'm the youngest governor in the country. What do you mean? Freedom like banning the use of the term Latinx your first day in office? Yeah. Right. Does that, that's freedom? <laughs> and at 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to lead my state. And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell go. you what a woman is. But I got it right. In the woke. radical left's America, woke, woke, woke. Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another race. Huh. No, but not you to guys love one another that. or our great country. Self-project much? Whether Joe Biden believes this madness <laughs> or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. There you have it. And I'm going to be uh, honest. I have whoa. never watched. You sit on that crazy side, lady. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> no truer words ever spoke. <laughs> spoke. Crazy, first, crazy. Normal and crazy. The first two rules in being a Republican. Rule number one, if their lips are moving, they're lying. That's right. And rule number two, every accusation is a projection, is a confession. Right. Yep. Projecting who they really are. Now, the thing is, I, of course, did not listen to that because I would not waste my time. Um, I think I was scrubbing the bottom of my chairs or something useful. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's remember the brilliant careers that followed other morons who got up there and did the state of the state or the rebuttal. Uh, I mean, look at the career Bobby Jindal has had. Oh, right. It, yeah. It's hard to remember him just being a who. Who? How, and then Kim Bar Reynolds, Kim Reynolds, and little Marco with the water, which he's still thirsty little Marco. So it's a death knell to her own career. She's just too stupid to realize it. Mm -hmm. No one, no Republican who's ever done this, the rebuttal speech has gone anywhere but into obscurity. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yep. Well, and then after, you know, after getting owned at the State of the Union... <laughs> The Republicans in the House went on with their first their weaponization committees. Oh wow, weaponizing the government. Oh, Joe Biden's weaponizing the government. God. And then uh, this happened. Miss uh, uh, Naravoli, earlier you testified about a 2019 tweet um, that was about <laughs> President Trump, and I think it was from uh, Miss Teagan. What was the tweet about? Would you like me to give the direct quote? Yeah. yeah. Um, Please excuse my language. This is a direct quote, but Chrissy Teigen referred to Donald Trump as a pussy ass bitch. Okay. <laughs> Free speech. And what happened after Ms. Teigen posted her tweet? What did the White House do? What did the Trump White House do? From my understanding, the White House reached out to ask that this tweet be removed. It was my team's uh, job. Uh, this fell underneath the policy for abusive behaviors 
and we evaluate it underneath our insults policy. At that time, up to three insults were allowed, and so it was our job to determine how many insults were included so, so the, within that phrase. So the Trump White House reached out, not an agency, but the White House reached out. Oh, oh what, what, whose White House was that? Oh, Donald Trump. Yeah, is pussy asked one insult? <laughs> it's two. It's two. <laughs> That's how many asses you have. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. This is this is I guess this is the problem with Twitter to begin with, is if 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 it has to be more than three insults. <laughs> yeah. Talk about hate. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's limiting. Yeah. Right. And then Joe, you mentioned James Carville earlier. <laughs> oh, I think this is this is the that I that I did. This is uh, got a PhD in white trashology. Yeah, well, this is the quote. But uh, you know, you don't plan for these things. Uh, You've done a lot of them. You've advised a lot of candidates and presidents. Um, I guess if you had your pick, you'd say maybe better to not have someone screaming lie or maybe just do the darn thing. But it also seemed to expose exactly what the president's up against. Was that a bad moment for Republicans? Well, uh, you know, I. Tell people I have a PhD in white trashology, and you saw real white trash on display. Hmm. And let me say something about Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She dresses like white trash. She really <laughs> needs a fashion consultant. Can I recommend George Santos? He, he could do a good job of, of dressing up where she doesn't announce her white trash them by her, her own well, clothes. Well, okay, James, you know, her thing was saying, oh, the outfit was supposed to do the spy balloon, the antics. Uh, I wonder what you think on policy where the president basically is, this is what he has to deal with. And for folks who don't follow it every day but watch the State of the Union, it's kind of a reminder of, hey, uh, you reach across the aisle and and this is what you get sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, their lust for cutting Social Security and Medicare is well documented. We know that Newt Gingrich uh, shut the government down and, of course, got defeated in the end. We know that George W. Bush tried to privatize Social Security and Medicare. We know that when Paul Ryan was speaker and John Boehner, they did everything they could to cut Social Security and Medicare. Uh, we know that that is their, their objective. I've heard today uh, the congressman from South Dakota saying that we got to come together and, and make these cuts. So President Biden is 1,000 percent right on this. And he's right to, to, to press ahead. And I thought he had a great night last night. And the it's just it's the, the the level of white trashdom in the Republican Party is, is just staggering. I mean, for somebody that has observed it for a long time, like I have, it, it I've never seen it manifest itself on the level that it's manifesting itself. Yes, right. I think you nailed he, it, Joe. <laughs> he's, he's right on there. Man, mm-hmm. talk about some serious white trash. <laughs> that outfit that Marjorie Taylor Greene had on. I mean, it looked like it came out of the, I don't know, the, the $10 store bargain. <laughs> it looks like yeah. she made it out of a bag of kittens. She drowned. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, my God. Well, they compared it to the, what, Cruella de Vil? Yeah. yeah. And all of the. Uh, those puppies. And all of the uh, memes of howler monkeys. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the howler monker, monkeys with their teeth showing and their mouths open. Oh. That's so Lauren Bobo. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Oh, but you know, it was a contest because uh, Kirsten Cinema looked like a giant butter Werther's butterscotch. Oh yeah. yeah! And when the minute I saw that horrendous dress, someone pointed out that, and I realized, oh, I have to go and get some more Werthers. You know, I'm a grandma now. I always have to have butterscotch candy. 
Now, Sue, I will tell you, I almost bought some Werther's. <laughs> but I didn't. Someone else, someone else today put up a meme with her in that dress, and they put a mustard cap on top of her head like a hat, and it said Goulden's. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> That taste does run across. It's bipartisan bad taste. You know, if ever there was a uh, there was a a required dress code, well, you know, there's a good reason right there, because she does dress weird. Yeah. Well, and uh, we'll close out this week with uh, Chelsea Handler's take on the uh, State of the Union. be honest, I have never watched the State of the Union before because I have a life. (laughs) So I wasn't looking forward to it, but I'm glad I tuned in because it wasn't nearly as boring as I thought it would be. In fact, it's apparently got a bit of a UFC slash junior high cafeteria vibe now. Even before the speech started, things started getting rowdy. There were some tense moments at last night's State of the Union address. Cameras captured a heated exchange between embattled Congressman George Santos and Senator Mitt Romney. One lip reader posted this account of how the exchange went down. You ought to be embarrassed. Yeah, sure. You ought to be embarrassed. I'm you well. Be embarrassed. You ought to be embarrassed. You ought to be embarrassed. You got me? That's your ass. opinion. You're an ass. You're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> they did everything but had a food fight. I would like to go on the the record tonight and say that I am sexually attracted to Mitt Romney. (laughs) It's not the first time, and it won't be the last time. I don't even care that he's a Republican or a Mormon. In fact, since he's a Mormon, he'll be open to another wife, and if not, he's a Republican, so he'll be open to having an affair. doesn't sound too harsh, but remember, it's Mitt Romney. You ought to be embarrassed, son, is the Mormon equivalent of suck my f***ing you pussy-ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And then when Biden actually started talking, his Republican friends across the aisle were not having it. Entering a House chamber now run by Republicans, President Biden extending his hand to the new Speaker Kevin McCarthy before confronting Republican heckling head-on tangling over the fate of Social Security and Medicare. The president taking aim at an idea floated by just a few Republicans. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. The comment drawing outrage and boos, including from GOP firebrand Marjorie Taylor Greene. Republicans were acting like wild animals. And I liked it. (laughs) Keep this up, you guys. You finally made a State of the Union watchable. Marjorie Taylor Greene stood up during this speech and screamed out, liar! And then George Santos stood up and is like, over here! (laughs) What are we going to do about Marjorie Taylor Greene? I mean, she's like one of those dogs that needs a big backyard to run outside and expend all of her energy. But instead, she's stuck living inside a one-bedroom apartment, slamming her head against the wall. (laughs) When are they going to put this woman on Real Housewives of Atlanta? (laughs) And to be fair, MTG wasn't the only one dressed like a lunatic last night. Look at the outfit Kirsten Cinema chose to wear. Oh, God, right? She looks like she's going to a quinceanera. (laughs) As the Pinata. Right? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that was great. That was great. But seriously, 
I mean, have we ever seen a State of the Union where the Speaker of the House sat up there like a mother in church and shushed his own caucus? I know. <laughs> ineffectively. Let's just, yes, and ineffectively. He literally was going, shh, 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 the whole time. I mean, it's just like, really? <laughs> and And I loved our VP when she was sitting there smirking. <laughs> you know, she was holding on to it. She's holding it. I thought he was going to fall out of the chair asleep a few times. <laughs> oh. He looked like, did you see that? Yes. Yeah. He absolutely looked like he was going down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But all right. We'll start with Sue. Tell people where they can check you out. Oh, God. there is. A, where can't you check me out? Well, first of all, thank you for having me back again. I hope everyone stays well. Um, you can find me at Twitter at 841-290-MIMA6, but you can find me at Sue in Rockville on everything else, Spoutable, Mastodon, Post, Instagram. And again, we are celebrating the 20th year of Bren Books, so go over to Instagram and check out our posts. All Thanks, right. everyone. Be well. Thank you, Sue. And Kathy? Thanks. Oh, oh me? The same places. Mastodon. <laughs> a little Twitter. Facebook and let's remember to never forget. All right. Thank you. Kathy. And on your show. Yay. And, <laughs> and Allie. Um, I'm still Watergate summer on Twitter for now until I offend somebody, I guess. <laughs> and um, I'm Watergate summer on post spoutable and Mastodon. So oh, thank um, you. Come back. And, and I'm, I'm just Allie McNeil on Instagram. If you want to come visit me there too. All right. So, and uh, <laughs> come back and join us more often. Allie. We're always glad to have you thank back. You. Thank you. Thank you. And Joe. Uh, I am at Marnus3 on Mastodon. I am on Facebook, WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com, where you can find the Clown Car update every week. And Friday nights, 7 to 10 Eastern, I am on It Came From Cleveland over at radioforhumans.com. All right. Thank you, Joe. And you can follow me, Tim Gorma, on the Mastodon as well as on the uh uh, the Facebook and the Instagram, but all I look at on Instagram is crazy cat videos. So don't think I'm going to follow you back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so with that, uh, we'll close out with our friend Lauren's song of the week, Dead Ceiling. So with that, take it away, Lauren, and we will see you all soon. Dead Ceiling. It's a thing we shouldn't fear so much. But the right-wing grudge Would send our debt reeling Though they raised it several times for Trump Without a bump It's a needed procedural vote that they've turned into a ransom note for the spending they've already agreed to but we won't give in to blatant threat dealing from a group whose rude behavior shows they're a bunch of schmoes McCarthy's wish list he couldn't define When Biden said, show me yours, I'll show you mine They 
pout about some fake woke agenda. It's no joke if we don't raise the debt ceiling. Our economy becomes unglued and the country's screwed. We could easily get out of this mess if we'd actually fund the IRS. Trump's the one who made the deficit mushroom just like his junk so let's debunk the debt ceiling. If their share, the rich and big companies would pay, then we'd be okay. This crisis today would soon go away. I hope these schmoes go away. Please go. <laughs>